Welcome, Harvest Church family, and thank you for joining us this week for our sermon podcast. We pray that you will be blessed and encouraged with the message prepared. And don't forget, if you enjoy taking notes, you can download the fillable PDF file on our website at goharvest.org forward slash notes. Right now, let's listen in to this week's message. Good morning. Would you take your Bibles and turn with me today? I want to speak to you today on firepower. Luke, the third chapter, verse number 16 through 17. Don't quit playing. You're doing a great job. Didn't you enjoy the worship team this morning? Wow. I I came close to getting saved during worship this morning. How many believe God is in this house? Would you stand with me for the reading of God's word? Luke, the third chapter, verse 16 and 17. Pastor Perry, I talk about you around the world. You and Barb have been friends for decades. And I talk about Harvest Church. One day, Pastor Perry was talking to me about what we see, and I said that this church is one of my favorite places to preach on planet Earth. How many of you all know that you're known as being responsive people? I can tell you didn't know that. Okay. Um, I have a word. I, I, I don't think, I may know 50 words in Russia, Russian, and 40 of them have to do with food. I don't think I know five words in Spanish, but my favorite word in Spanish is fuego. Anybody know what fuego means? Everybody in this room out loud shout fuego. It means fire. Do you realize that there is this thing called backdraft? Wherever there's a fire, if someone opens a window or a door, that literally the oxygen, when it comes in, makes the fire so lethal, it can literally knock the roof off the place. Could you imagine with the fire of God in this room, if we open our hearts today, God might want to knock the roof off this place. How many know California needs the roof knocked off this place? How many know that'll come by the power of prayer and praise unto the living God? Look at Luke 3, verse 16 and 17. John answered, saying to all, I indeed baptize you with water, but one mightier than I is coming, whose sandal strap I am not worthy to loose. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. His winnowing fan is in his hand, and he will thoroughly clean out his threshing floor and gather the wheat into his barn, but the chaff he will burn with unquenchable fire. Everyone in this room out loud say, I am created for purity. I am created for passion. I am created for power. I am created for fire. Turn to the person next to you say, you're created for fire. Point your finger at them. And then everyone in this room out loud shout, I am created for victory. Now I want you to put your Bibles out of your hands, please. Your words are the atmosphere of the breath that moves with fire. Your words change your atmosphere. Your words release the prophetic in your future. How many of you need a miracle from God? How many of you need God to show up this week? May I see your hands? How many of you need healing in your body? May I see your hands? 
then you need to lift both of your hands and open up the windows in this place right now. Come on, use your words and begin to praise God. Open your mouth, everyone in this room. Lift your hands. We praise you, God. We thank you that you are here today. We bless you. Lord, we have expectation and anticipation for the fire of God to fall in this room today. Lord, we long for you. We cry out for you. You're worthy of our praises. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Would you turn to three people and say, you're beautiful. I see Jesus in you. Thanks for being here this morning. As you're leaving today, over on my right, your left, there is a resource table, and on that table there are three books. People are all the time asking me to prophesy over them, and occasionally the Holy Spirit will give me a word for someone. But you know what amazes me is that most people do not realize, show me what you're reading, and show me who your friends are, and I can tell you what your future is, and I'm not prophesying. You're not helping me at all. Everybody going, well, when this COVID is over, I'm going to do this, this, and this. Can I ask you, what are you reading? If you're not reading, you're losing. You're stagnant. And with it, it's one of the reasons why I carry these three extraordinary resource books. One is Dare to Dream Big. Changed my life. When I literally read Dr. Brothers when he said these words, Abraham was looking in the corner for a baby God was looking outside for a nation. Do you know what COVID's done? It's made us begin to look in corners. When God is calling us to come out, look up, look out, look beyond. How many believe the best is yet to come? It's not time to put a period where God's put a comma. How many know God is on the throne? Secondly, it's only a test by one of my dear friends, Rick Freeman. I was preaching for him. He gave me this. I read it. It was so... This is just a test. How many know we have not graduated to our rewards? And you need this in your life, especially if you're going through a test. And last, created to believe, which is the one I wrote. You need to have this in your life because what you believe determines how you love. What you believe determines your faith. What you believe unlocks every part of your life. Take time to pick it up as you leave today. Today I'm dealing with firepower. Everybody shout fuego. Firepower is the Holy Spirit in action. Now I want you to write this down. It's probably the simplest sentence I'm ever going to preach to you, but it's one you need to understand and know and remember. The Holy Spirit is God in action. Let me repeat that. The Holy Spirit is God in action. And when you understand the actions of God, it comes from this statement in the Word of God. Our God is a consuming fire. Now, I have a statement that I've written down that I think is very important. It's what the Holy Spirit has been putting in my heart to begin to challenge believers to pray. I believe God wants to move with such radical fire power that things many believe are lost, stolen, and buried, gone, will be renewed, revived, and reformed. I believe God is setting up 
his followers, his believers, the church of the living God for the greatest outpouring of the fire of the Holy Ghost the world has ever known before his return to this planet. Now, I must admit to you, I like fire. I like spicy food. Fuego. Everybody shout fuego. Now, I, mm, I like food that when you bite it, it bites you. I like hot, spicy, peppery, fiery, zesty, sizzling, fuego food. Told you it's the only one five words I know in Spanish. I can't even count to five, but I got that word fuego down. And I want you to get it inside of you today. Do you know why? You and I were created for fire. Let me say that again. You and I were created for fire, and please get my next statement. Fire is the key to the end-time move of God according to God's Word. Fire is the key to the end-time move of God. Fire establishes anticipation and expectation. The people who were coming to hear John the Baptist, they were filled with anticipation and expectation. Please hear my heart. What I observe in our time and our culture the number one thing the enemy wants to rob you of is anticipation, expectation. Just like I mentioned a minute ago, it's like the devil is saying, go look in the corner for what you think you want and not realize what I have for you is greater than the stars of the heavens. It's greater than the sands of the seas. Please hear me. God is getting ready to unlock supernatural Holy Spirit fire. Fire is the key. To what God wants to do on this planet. The great prophet John the Baptist, the one who baptizes, he gave us two outstanding revelations of Jesus. He told us who he is, who he was, and what he would do. Hear his words. Behold the Lamb of God, who he is, what he is to do to take away the sins of the world. Who he is and what he is to do, he is the baptizer with the Holy Ghost and fire. When this dropped inside my spirit, it consumed me. Do you realize out of the two things that he talked about, he brought forth both the Lamb and Pentecost. Do you realize the Holy Spirit always draws us when he awakens our conscience to our sin, to the cross? It is the Holy Spirit that has seen you, that has been seeking after you, that longs for you. And what does he do? He knows your past. And until your past is dealt with, you can't have his future. But what he does is he walks in and begins to draw you by the power of the Holy Spirit. And when you come to the cross and kneel and cry out, God, forgive me, in that moment, the cross draws you to Pentecost. John points alike to Calvary and to Pentecost, and the two must be ever linked together. We must understand the Holy Spirit in action, in supernatural Holy Spirit action that is drawing us to the infilling power of the anointing of the Holy Spirit. Somebody please say amen. amen. When we begin to understand the Spirit always leads to the cross, and the cross always leads to the Spirit. There can be no Pentecost without the cross. And we will never know the fullness of what he did on the cross until the church quits arguing over what he did on the day of Pentecost. We must understand the power of the Holy Spirit in our lives today. Fire 
is one of the four elemental forces of nature. Earth, air, water, and fire. Now, out of those, three of them can be metaphors for the Holy Spirit. That of the air, that of the water, that of the fire. Why does the scripture never show us that the earth is a comparison to the Holy Spirit? Because it doesn't move. It's there. It's the fire that moves. It's the air that moves. The Holy Spirit, when you see him first in the Bible, he's hovering over the waters. He's waiting for the word. What I'm getting ready to say to you, probably many of you know, but until you begin to see it, here's this crazy guy on your platform the pastor says has been to Russia 130 times. The Russian church says, I preach to about 17 million people in Russia. We've gone from 61 churches to 4,000 400 registered churches and 1,100 unregistered churches and get fanatical with me. We're believing God that by 2025 there will be 10,000 spirit-filled, empowered churches in the nation of Russia. There is no wall that can keep the Holy Ghost out. When we begin to stop, when we begin to realize the power of the Holy Spirit, when we see him first in Genesis, he's hovering over the water. He's not still. He's hovering. He's moving. He's waiting for the word. Oh, get this. Over every city in the world, the Holy Spirit's hovering. Los Angeles, New York, Tokyo, Moscow, Beijing, Paris, London, yes, and Washington, D.C., and Sacramento, California. What's he waiting on? He's waiting on you to open your mouth and say, let there be light, let there be fire, let there be power, let God arise and his enemies be scattered. For when we begin to understand by fire there is light, by fire there is life, by fire mm, there's love. Oh, you didn't, I love love. Anybody in love with love, I am. We must understand the power of hunger, anticipation, expectation that God is getting ready to do something in our lives. Fire is one of the most beneficial things of nature, and yet it can be destructive. Fire can be a blessing. How many of you know in California, we know very well that fire can be destructive. So right, the reason you teach children, don't play with matches, you don't touch the stove. Fire, now get this, fire is the key to modern technology. Without fire, civilization would grind to a halt, and there would be barbarism and stagnation in the dark and the cold. Fire, in one form or another, illuminates our world. Fire heats our homes in the winter. How many of you know you don't want to live in Sacramento in August without fire? What in the world does that mean? Fire is why you have air conditioning. Fire is the key to everything in modern civilization. And without fire, the church will not be the church, the living church, the church of the living God. 
Fire is literally the key to us. Do we walk in this building with anticipation, with an expectation that nothing is impossible with God? All things are possible to those who believe. Greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. Without faith, it is impossible to please him. For he that cometh to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. Do I have a seeker in the house today? Somebody say, God, let the flame go fall. Let the fire of God fall. Fire cooks our food. It runs our automobiles. Just as fire is the key to modern technology, fire is also the key to the end time move of God. Now, let me give you five points this morning to just help us understand. Number one, I need to clarify something. Over the last few months since the Holy Spirit began to deal with me, at the age of 71, I need to tell you right up front, front, I'm 71 years old. They closed the door a year ago, March, and locked it. And basically did not expect me to be alive the next morning. This church as well as people all over the world. As best we can tell, within about 72 hours, somewhere between 200 and 400,000 people all over the planet were praying for me. From Seoul to Phoenix to New York, the Russian church, oh, I love the Russian church. When I got well, they said, send us a video, make sure you make it sound like it was the Russians' prayers that got you through. (laughs) Don't you love the Russians? (laughs) One day I'm thanking God that I'm alive. And thank you. And during that time, there was an extraordinary generous check from this church. And a call from Pastor Perry. We believe in you. We love you. This is hard to explain, but for five months I did not preach one Sunday. And 80% of our income comes in Sunday morning offerings. Not only did we pay every bill on time, we kept every commitment on time. <laughs> yes, sir. Now you have, when I'm praying and the Holy Spirit said, whenever you're thanking someone, you make it sound like it was their prayer. You don't know whose faith got through. But I went from on my way to heaven to on my way home in 72 hours. The doctor walked in and said, I cannot explain it. Everything in your body has turned normal within 24 hours. Thank you. Thank you. Since I walked in today, I've had at least five people say, I was praying for you. I want all five of you to know it was your prayer that got me through. And what I've declared before, I'm 71 years old and I'm a dangerous believer. Don't you mess with me. I'll bless you. I know how to bless you from the top of your head to the bottom of your feet. But we've got to get this down inside of us. In the Bible, what I'm talking about, fire is talked about over 500 times. Just as there is a trail of redemptive blood from Genesis to Revelations, there is a trail of purifying, cleansing, power, power, Holy Ghost, fire. The Bible constantly is talking about the fire. The The first thing I want to mention to you is the one I don't want to. 
is fire is a sign of judgment. In the book of Genesis, we see fire as it comes upon Sodom and Gomorrah. In Revelation 21 and 8, it tells us the end for the unbelievers will not be pleasant, for they will be in the lake of fire. We can run away from it, but fire is a sign of judgment. And Mark 9, verse 49, for everything will be seasoned with fire. Fire brings and keeps the purity of God in church. It brings passion. It brings power. We have to have the fire. Fire is the answer to unsound doctrine. Fire is the answer to ungodly living. Fire is the answer to lying, greeting, gossiping voices. The manipulators of the church always using it for selfish advantage. Those workers of iniquity that Jesus talked about. Secondly, fire is a sign of the presence and the authority of God. Our God is an awesome God. We see the fire of God in Genesis 3, verse 24. There's the sword of fire. In Exodus 3, verse 2, we see the burning bush that Moses encountered. The children of Israel are led in the cloud by day and the pillar of fire by night. On Exodus, Mount Sinai, in Kings 18, the Bible tells us God answers Elijah's prayer on Mount Carmel with fire. Probably my favorite one in the Word is from Elisha, when literally they're surrounded by the Syrian army. And the sermon is out on the balcony, and he sees the Syrian army, and fear begins to fill his heart. And the prophet walks out and asks God to open the prophet, the servant's eyes. And he sees that the hills are filled with an angelic host on fire, that there are more that be for them than those who be against us. So many people in this hour feel that they're surrounded by the enemy and there's no way out. But I want the Holy Ghost to open up your eyes today and realize we are surrounded by the chariots of God's fire and there are more that be for us than those who be against us. Don't put your head down. Lift up your head and look and see the power of the living God. Fire fuels things because it's energy. He made us ministers, pillars of fire. Fire cauterizes wounds. Even now, in unusual cases of emergency, fire can be used to cauterize. But last today, fire is an agent of purification and cleansing. The Great Fire of London, what they record in history is not what is understood today. The Great Fire of London was connected with the bubonic plague. And in a certain part of London, the rats were carrying the bubonic plague. The fire got so hot and into the subterrane that it killed the rats. What they did not know was the rats weren't what carried the bubonic plague. It was the fleas on the rats. See, you can kill a rat and not kill the fleas. It'll just get off that rat and go find another one. I kind of like that. God can even bring the fire to cure what makes you itch. Now, I know y'all are saved, and this is the first service. How many more people come saved in the first service? That second service is filled with all those unbelievers. <laughs> How many know you've got to be saved to get up this early? And I will tell you, when I'm home, I never go to the first service. I'm usually a third service sort of guy. <laughs> But you know, it's amazing how there are these things that make us, you ever have, and, and when you're in front of somebody, you're, you're all normal, but when they're not there. 
The fire of God can get so hot, it'll kill things that other people can't even see. Mm. Let me give you the statement that I, I'm going to finish with. The Holy Spirit one day was speaking to me, and I wrote this down. If you will be real with me, I will be right with you. Then you will be right with me, and I will be real with you. Nothing changes till you're real. Till you're willing to be honest and go, I need the fire. We're in a moment in a nation that's fighting over the fire. If you don't know it, there are certain things that are constant. We're in a war over money. Who controls the money? That's not Democrat or Republican. That's both of them. Don't help me shout. I don't care. <laughs> the largest employers in America are Democrats and Republicans. We're in a war over money everywhere. Who's going to control it? Because whoever controls the money controls the power, controls the fire. One day the Holy Spirit's saying to me, would you quit worrying about all that nonsense and just come into my presence and be real? Allow me to touch places inside of you that you scratch when nobody's watching. Thoughts. Attitudes. Words. Decisions. Actions. See, if, if you're sleeping around, people know it. That's an action. It's wrong. Quit it. If you're drinking yourself crazy, that, that, uh, the word that came to my mind was stupid, but my granddaughter told me that's a bad word. <laughs> we, we all know the sin actions, but most of us never deal with thoughts. Jesus said, as a person thinks in their heart, that's who they are. Uh, do, you, do you fight wars in your brain? How about your attitudes? You know, yesterday, driving from the airport to the hotel, California is the only place you can be driving 70 miles an hour and you don't pass anybody. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I'm driving 70. And that's breaking this law. And cars, zoom, zoom. I'm going, God, I must be in California. <laughs> They would do that in New York, but the traffic's too thick to do it. <laughs> you know, you get attitude. You know, you know, and, and not your words. You know, people say, well, it's just my upbringing. Well, if you come to the cross, you now have a new father. In a moment, no heads bowed, no eyes closed, everybody looking around. I'm going to count to three. And I'm asking the Holy Spirit fire to speak to you in your heart to be real. Not what does anybody else think. But I'm asking the Holy Spirit, do you have the courage in a moment to be honest with me that you've got a battle going on in your head? You've got a battle in your attitude. If you want to try something that is one of the most difficult, life-changing things, go for 30 days and don't criticize once. And what you will find is it's hard on you until you realize how much you're getting blessed. Oh, that was so important. 
The numbers of people that don't realize their blessing cannot come to them because of their words. And I'm not talking about lying. I'm just talking about learning. It's not my job to live in the world and complain about everything. How about your decisions? Is God first in your decisions? That makes you a tither. Can I give you the four words in the Bible that make you the most successful? The four words in the Bible that sum up the entire Bible. These are the four words. In the beginning, God. Do you start everything with God? I have found out revelations always takes care of itself as long as I take care of in the beginning, God. See, that's your decision. In your decisions, does it start with God or does it end up with God because it all messed up? And the actions. In a moment, I'm going to count to three. No heads bowed, no eyes closed. Everyone looking around. I'm going to ask you, do you have the courage? You say, what will somebody think if I lift my hand? Is there somebody here this morning that important? Is there somebody here that can keep you from lifting your hand and being real with God? If they are, they're an idol to you. They're God. Thou shalt have no other gods before me. I'm going to count to three and I'm going to ask how many people in this room will openly open your heart to the fire of God and the blood of the Lamb and say, Michael, I need prayer. I got battles going on in my life today. Everyone in this room, when I count to three, do you have the courage to lift a hand and say, Michael, I got things going on in me that I need the fire of God to touch. If you want prayer, everyone who wants prayer, I want you to lift your hand. One, two, three. Every hand that's lifted, stand to your feet, please. Put your hand on your heart. Everyone out loud pray, Heavenly Father, I come in the name of Jesus. I'm asking for the blood to deal with my past. Cleanse me and let your fire fall so that I have a future in you. God, your blood deals with my past. Your fire unlocks my future. You got to say that again. Father, your blood cleanses my past. Into the sea of your forgetfulness, you died on the cross for my sin, for my salvation. Your fire unlocks the future in you. Now, would you look at me a minute, please? It's obvious with many people standing that most of you, or many of you, had you died on your way to church, would have been in heaven. You're, you're doing what I call adjusting. It, it's taking up your cross daily and being open before him. But then there are two other groups, and those two other groups are this. Those of you who don't know if you're saved, you don't know if you died on your way. You may have been to the altar 20 times, but inside you still don't have that security that comes by faith and fire. And then there's some of you, had you died on your way to church, you would have been in hell, and you know it, 
because of what you did last night, this week, the life you live. I believe all of us want to pray for those two groups, the ones who don't know and the ones who know had you died, you would not have been in heaven. I'm going to count to three one more time, and I'm going to ask how many of you standing will lift your hand and say, Michael, pray for me. I need security in these insecure times. I need God to break this thing where I know that I know that I know. And for those of you who do not know Jesus, who are not right with God, we're lost. God is speaking to you. You stood up. You had courage. But do you have courage enough to say, I'm not walking out the doors the way I came in? I'm going to count to three one more time. Everyone in this room that's not sure of your salvation or you know you're lost and you're not right with God, you're not prepared for heaven. I'm going to count one more time. And every one of you who want prayer, I want you to lift your hand high in the name of Jesus so we can pray for you. Everyone in this room, you don't know if you're saved or you know you're lost and you want prayer, lift your hand right now. One, two, three. Thank you. Thank you. Oh, hands are going up everywhere. Keep those hands lifted right now. Keep those hands lifted. You know, right now, I, you know, I, I can't wait for this junk to be over. I want to touch everybody. I'm, I'm into fist pumping and hugs. I don't know if that contradicts each other. Every one of you just lifted your hand. Let's pray this prayer together with them. Everyone out loud. Heavenly Father, I need a Savior. Jesus died for me. I love you, Jesus. I belong to you. I surrender to you. Thank you, Jesus. You may be seated, everyone, please. Can you bring up the slides, please? I brought that picture from Siberia. Don't you love it? That was exactly 18 months ago, right after I'd been here to preach. Mm. Behind the two houses is an entire lake. Inside the house on the right is a Russian sauna, and there's a little heater in that black, in the blue water there for you to come out of the sauna and jump into 38 degree water. How many ready to go to Russia? Fuego is in that house. <laughs> Bring up the next picture, please. That's Ilya. Ilya is now my interpreter. He graduated from ORU. He's 24 years old. He's single. And uh, it's a miracle. Three years ago, he never wanted to preach. His father's the head bishop. Everybody got sick one night. and His dad came in and told him he had to interpret for me the next day. He walked in and apologized. The first time he ever preached with me, 800 people gave their lives to Jesus Christ. I love him. Now, why that picture is so important is behind it is the war memorial. This is the hometown of Lenin, the father of communism. We went there and planted a church last year when you gave, when we were here, the money went for this. Please bring up the next picture. That's my drama team. Aren't they old saints right there? They were there every night underneath. Matter of fact, the only building the government would give us was sort of like a tent thing, and God was faithful. Bring up the next picture, please. That's my Russian team that was with me, all of them that were there working hard throughout the city to plant the new church in Uliyanovsk, Russia. The next picture, please. This is Christmas last year in Perm. Uh, 
I think in the five services we saw, I don't know how many thousands. It was just thousands. Every time there were 800 to 1,000 that came forward to receive Christ. That's Ksenia, the bishop's assistant. Bring up the next picture, please. They had a wedding in church. Weddings are done in church. Can you imagine church going so long you have time enough to do a 20-minute wedding? Bring up the next picture, please. That's in St. Petersburg on New Year's Eve. This church pastor has been there, preached there. That man has stood on this platform. He now has a church and seven others that he's planted. Please bring up the next picture. That's me teaching the leadership with Pastor Alexander's daughter as the interpreter. All of those there are planting churches. Bring up the next picture. This is the clinic we started in Russia. Those are the doctors. Dr. Nadia, the head one, Igor behind her. This clinic is a miracle of God, and it exists because of people like you giving. Next picture, please. I can him. Can you bring up the video of the small crowd and the large crowd? This is a brand new church that was started in Moscow in April. As you can see from the first picture, it started with about 20. The pastor, and that, that second was from a week ago today, with over 120. The pastor's Ilya, single, 24. When you pray for Ilya, will everyone out loud say Ilya? As you give today, literally pray that tomorrow my visa comes through. I will be in Russia in four weeks. Then we will be there in January planting another church. But I want, when you pray, we, we need to raise about $26,000 to take care of everything over the next few weeks. From the pastors who are coming, all of that, we need your help. The resources that we once had, we've paid all the bills, but we're believe how many believe God's gonna build up more than we had before? <laughs> Would you be as generous as possible? And I want to show you. Get, this is what the Russian church thinks of you. Bring up the last video. Dear friends, would you tell them how much you love them and for their prayers and giving? Everyone in this room right now. Thank you for joining us once again for this week's sermon podcast. We pray God's blessing on you as you face your day and week ahead. For more videos, messages, and other content, make sure you follow, like, and subscribe to all of our social media accounts on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at GoHarvestEG. And be sure to check out our website at GoHarvest.org for the latest information on events and services. Until next time, stay encouraged and don't miss the opportunity to be a blessing to the world around you. God bless. Thank you.